All right, we're back with another edition of the Leo G Show. I am Leo G. We're here, uh, episode 12. We're rolling right along. Uh, I got a pretty deep episode tonight. It's going to be pretty fun. We're going to talk about Atlanta sports because that's where we are. We're, we're in Atlanta, so and we like to talk about Atlanta sports. I got I got a few folk with me tonight, and that's that's pretty cool. Usually it's only maybe two or three of us, but tonight um, it's, it's four of us. Roundtable discussion. We're going to talk some Atlanta sports and, and what's going on right now. So by the time this episode drops, there's a lot of things going on. Um, you got the uh, the Braves uh, playing in the national uh, the National League Championship against the Dodgers. Got a couple other things going on, and we'll get to it in just a minute. So before we get too far into the show, I'm gonna just introduce who I got with me tonight. No strangers to the show. First of all, I got my man coming back with me. Uh, y'all remember him from uh, a couple of shows we uh, a show that we did. Uh, my man Rob, man, what's going on, Rob? What's up, fellas? It's good to be back. That's what's up, man. You gonna help help us talk a little Atlanta sports tonight? I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try. <laughs> it's crazy tonight. It is, man. It it, it really is. And uh, an, another no stranger to the show, of course. He he's helped me out quite a bit, man. And and he back in it with us again, my boy Derek. Oh, Derek, what's going on with you? What's going on, Leo G? We ready to rock and roll tonight? Yeah, we are ready to rock and roll. We got a lot to talk about, man. It's gonna be a crazy episode. And another. None stranger to the show. Uh, as always, the straight shooter, the person who gives it like it really T.I. is, the person that doesn't give a damn, unfiltered, Mr. Banks over there. What's going on with you, man? What's up, Leo G? How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling all right, man. I want to give a shout out to everybody that's been listening to the show, man. It's been great. I, I got, look, I'm going to tell y'all, I don't know if y'all knew this. I know y'all been rocking with me, but I got international flavor right now, man. I've been checking the stats on the show, man. I got people <laughs> all around. No, for real. I got people all around the world listening to the show, man, and it's cool. I mean, even if it's just one person over there in Sweden, what's up to my Sweden crew? What's up to my people in Mexico, Singapore? I see you, South uh, South Africa. Yeah, I got people international listening to the show or checked it out or listened to it for two seconds. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to keep it rolling. Hopefully, we get it all over the world. So, <laughs> episode 12, we're going to run right into it, talking about Atlanta sports. So, first thing I want to talk about here is the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta Braves right now, we had a short MLS, uh, I'm sorry, MLB season, and the Atlanta Braves are now in the uh, in the uh, National League, uh, I guess it's the, the National, National League National League Championship Series, yeah. Thank you, I couldn't get it out. So, <laughs> they're in the <laughs> National League Championship against the LA Dodgers. Uh, they took a commanding 2-0 lead as of right now, while we're recording this episode, something went 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 crazy. Uh, Rob, you want to help me out? What what's the score at, at, at last check? Last time I saw it was fifteen to one LA, and they scored eleven runs in the top of the first inning, which apparently was the most that's ever been scored in an NLCS game in one inning, much less the first inning. So they came out firing on all cylinders, and we couldn't stop them. So, so right now, effectively, the Braves are down two touchdowns in game three of the NLCS. <laughs> yes. um, they, they played pretty good ball in the first two games, um, and we knew that this was this was going to be tough. The Dodgers are a pretty good squad. Um, and, this, and they're playing every day, of course. Once again, I don't have to keep repeating myself, but we know what, what we're living in in 2020 right now. So uh, they changed it up a little bit. We're playing every day through this series it used to be you get a break for travel but we're not doing that they're playing inside a bubble in dallas 
like I said, we took a 2-0 lead. Now it looks like we're going to be 2-1 heading into uh, the fourth game. Banks, uh, how, how do you feel about this, say you, about this this game tonight in this line? Well, going into the game, game three, with Kyle Wright on the mound, I, I kind of felt that Dodgers was going to touch him. Um, good Lord, I didn't know it was going to be 11 runs, but – He's young. Um, he, 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 that I think the stage was too big for him. Um, I'm not really certain who we have on the mound tomorrow. Um, Wilson, his last name is Wilson. Um, it's his first um, postseason debut tomorrow. And unfortunately, I feel like the Dodgers going to touch him again. And um, I, I feel like, you know, you know, maybe I'm being a Debbie Downer or whatever, but. Our best chance to win is when Max and Ian is on the mound. And unfortunately, the, the in, that injury with Soroka came back to haunt us. Yeah, we knew going into this series that starting pitching was going to be an issue. Uh, I'm, I don't know about you guys, fellas. I'm still mad. Uh, I guess Cole Hamels just put a ski mask on when he signed with the Braves because he stole money. I don't think he even played. Did, did he even play an inning during this uh, short season? I don't. Yeah, think. he he played one inning, I believe. I think it was like what two innings or something. That he got rocked. Then they they pulled like him. Said, he, yeah, still in still in money, still in money. He put a ski mask on when he signed that contract. But <laughs> we, we knew we knew going into the series that starting pitching was we knew the bullpen was going to be strong, but starting pitching was going to be an issue uh, throughout the the shortened season. Um, Offensively, they've looked good other than tonight. Uh, so, like I said, by the time this series, uh, this episode drops, probably be two more games played. But at this time, looks like the Braves are going to go down. It's going to be 2-1 uh, in the series. So, uh, Derrico, your thoughts on this this series with the Braves and, and how it's going thus far? Well, going up 2-0 is a big thing. So, that's my whole point about this series right now is when you go up 2-0, that means you won two games. You lost one, you still up a game. So even if they tie it up next week, um, I mean tomorrow, it's still 2-2, and then you're going to get your two strong pitchers back on the mound. I mean, nobody thought this was going to be a sweep. So like everybody keeps saying, it was a seven-game series. It's a seven-game series. It's not a three-game series. It's not a five-game series. It's a seven-game series. And most of us who are adamant sports fans want to see a good series. And I think that's what's going to happen after what happened tonight. So I just want to see them young cats come out and respond tomorrow. I don't know, man. I'm going to pass this over to Banks. Uh, he Banks usually in these situations doesn't care about seeing a good series when it comes to his Atlanta teams. He wants to see full-on ass whoopings, sweeps. He, he doesn't want to see any closeness, any – any of that. So, Banks, how do you feel about what Derrico just said with this whole I, good series actually, situation? Uh, Leo, I, I resent that. Um, but um, <laughs> as what Stacy was saying, uh, I'm, he, he, I, I'm pretty much in full agreement with him. Um, it's going to be a hard fought, hard fought series. You know, Dodgers are like the best hitting team in the National League. Well, in baseball. So you, you kind of knew that you weren't going to hold them down for too much longer. I mean, it's like, okay, now we got you. You bet you're, you're – that's the Dodgers we, we was ready to see. You know, I think they had like eight home runs today or something like that, something crazy like that. But you know what? I, like like Stacy said, we're, it's two to one. You know, it's uh, tomorrow's a brand new day. 
you know, lick your wounds, come back tomorrow. To, you know, this this never happened. You know, it's it's mortar on the bridge. You're two one. Go in there and try to win game four. And that can be hard. Yeah, but- that can be hard to remember because you know you get you get pounded fifteen to one. That hurts real bad, and you start questioning a lot of a lot of decisions and all kinds of stuff. But in the fact of uh, the matter is, is it counts just the same as you if, if you lost one to zero in the bottom of the ninth inning. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been a great game, and it still counts in this series just as much as uh, this ugly game. So, yeah, I, you got to have. I, 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 I didn't, didn't want to cut you off, but I think it's more damaging for Kyle Wright. You know, that, you know, he came into this game, you know, felt like he had to prove a point to the, his teammates. Yeah. And he got yanked in the first inning. So, I mean, his psyche might be shot for all we know. I don't think it's going to affect the rest of the guys. I think, you know, they're just going to chalk it up as a loss. Like you said, 1-0 or 15-1. A loss is a loss is a loss. Hmm. It, 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 it's nothing greater than the next one. So, you go into the next game and you try to win that one. You know what I'm saying? So it's Kyle Wright is what I'm worried about. You know, you make it past this series, you got to put him in there again. And how, how, how's his mindset? I mean, is he going to well, feel I mean, like, well, well, you got to look at it like this too, Banks, man. These, these guys are professionals and especially, you know, pitching and we, we talk about a variety of positions in different sports. Pitching is one of those things. In baseball, you got to have a short-term memory to be a pitcher. You really do. Um, you know, you got to kind of, you know, each batter, you kind of got to put behind what just happened. Somebody rock you for a home run, you got to put that behind you, and you got to pitch to the next batter. So he's a professional. I mean, I know he's a young guy. Hopefully he'll be able to bounce back this with some resiliency and be able to help the team out if we move on to the next series. I mean, he had a rough night. I mean, that's understood. But, I mean, as a professional, this is what you signed up for. This is what you do. So, you know he got to learn from it. Shake this. He really got to shake this off because, like you said, moving forward, we're gonna we're gonna need him in in the next series. So uh, that's what's up with the Braves. And hopefully, by the time we drop another episode, we'll be talking about the World Series. I'm hoping. Fingers and toes crossed. But this is Atlanta, so take take that however you want to take it. <laughs> so look, moving right along, we're gonna move right along. Like I said, we got a a packed show tonight. We're gonna try to talk about a bunch of different things when it comes to Atlanta sports. But one of the things that we're going to talk about is the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to bring up the Atlanta Falcons because they're they an Atlanta team. So check this out, fellas. Falcons are 0-5 right now. 0-5. The last time the Falcons were 0-5 was 1997. That's a long damn time ago. It's 20, what, 23 years ago was the last time the Falcons started the season 0-5. And it was so bad, started 0-5, they got the head coach fired and the GM fired. They didn't even get to see the end of the season. Well, we know what happened last season. We don't even want to talk about that. But like I said, 0-5 start. Now both of them are gone. So, Derrico, 0-5. Like, first thoughts on how do we get to 0-5, brother? Bad coaching. That's number one. I mean, just bad coaching. Um, when you When you don't prepare your team, and I just feel like, it's about preparation. Everybody can say about execution, but execution and preparation go hand in hand. Everybody want to blame the defense. Everybody want to blame the offense. Everybody want to blame the special teams. But right now, it's just an organizational effort all the way up and down the board. I mean, that's how we got the 0-5. 
But if I want to be real serious about it, we're 0-5 because Arthur Blank trusted that 6-2 and at the end of last year. That's where it really started, when Arthur Blank trusted that 6-2 and at the end of the year. Uh, I mean, you know, and he said it, give him the benefit of the doubt because he did admit he thought that it was going to spill over into this year. He thought that, you know, with free agency and draft picks that we could possibly carry that over. And some some people will lead you to believe that it it, it can kind of happen like that in the NFL. And you had other people that said, no, each season is different. It's a new season when you're going, once you pull the trigger for that first game, it's a brand new season. Because whatever happened last season doesn't necessarily – move over into this season. So, Rob, I know you've been watching and paying attention. How do you feel about this 0-5 start? I'll be honest with you, man. I was, And I think I've told this to most of you guys. I was drinking the Kool-Aid hard this offseason. Like, um, I feel I, I was one of those guys that, especially for – and I think this is common for a fan base that's searching for hope and searching for a reason to believe. Uh, you finished the season the way they did last year. And on paper, what they did in the offseason, um, I don't think anyone thought that we would start 0-5. And, uh, you know, you know how Arthur Blake is. I mean, we call him Uncle Arthur for a reason. Like, he cares for the people that, he, that work for him. And um, I think sometimes he's a little shy to pull the trigger when, when it really needs to happen. And finally, he saw the writing on the wall and just had to do it. But uh, they just – I don't know. It's like we were talking about the Braves. Like one loss is a loss, but you know, a lot of folks think there's some games there that we should have won. You know, I don't, don't want to talk about that that onside kick, but there are obviously some times where we thought that we were going to win the game, and it just gets away, and it's uh, it's all crazy, man. It's 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 weird. It's a weird dynamic. Just 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 for a little bit talking about Arthur Blank, man. I think he's a you know. I think he's a stand-up guy. He's he's an owner that that really wants well and he wants the team to do well. But you know, we forget we tend to forget that you know he bought this team and he learned this as he went along. You know, some owners, you know, they kind of jump into this with a little know-how and and how to to kind of move within it. But he had no knowledge of how the NFL worked until he actually bought the team. I mean, he was a fan, but he didn't know any of the inner workings of how the NFL teams work. So he's he's been learning as he goes along. And I think he's at a point now where it's like, okay, you know what? I really have to put the people in position to make this work. He's He's been burnt several times. And I think now he's at a point where I got to make this work, you know. And shout out to Arthur Blank because he sent all the season ticket holders a letter before um, he actually had to fire Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov. And I thought that was a real class act, real classy guy off the blank. Banks, I know you you're chopping at the bit to get in here and um and and talk about this firing man, cause cause you were you were on board and you were just you were ready for this to happen. Long overdue, Leo. Um, I believe that Dimitrov should have been gone a long time ago. Um, he should have left with Mike Smith. Mike Smith and Dimitrov came in together. They should have left together. Um I, for one, I, I, I appreciate everything they've done. You know, they they rescued the franchise from the Bobby Petrino debacle, from the Mike Vick, you know, saga. You know, you know the, the, the franchise was in a, a disarray. And Mike Smith and Dimitrov came in and kind of, you know, 
I ain't gonna say slapped a band-aid on it, but they rescued the, the franchise. You know, they they drafted the quarterback in Matt Ryan, and we took off from there. But I mean, it's like it was it, it that was the move. You know, Dimitrov did his job. Now he's trying to move on. Um, as for Quinn, I ne- I don't think he ever got over that Super Bowl loss. Um, he he never coached the same. He went backwards, in my opinion. He picked up Sarkeesian. He went back and got uh, Dirk Cutter again. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you were coaching scared. Like, it, 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 like he didn't want to make that mistake again. But this year, he lost two games where the other team came back and beat you again, just like the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it, and, and Dan Quinn's, you know, he was pretty much out the door after that. You know, it's no-brainer right there. You know, for all the the coach speak, if you will, with the you know the rah rah speeches and all that, you know, it, it kind of fell on so deaf ears. So, so Banks, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that for a minute, guys. Like identity, identity. We we, we hear that a lot when we talk about sports. The, the identity of a team. I mean, you think about some of the greatest teams in the history of different, you know, basketball, football, baseball. Specifically, we talk about. Football, you think about the Steelers and, and the Steel Curtain defense, the identity of that team and those teams in the 70s. You think about the identity of the Yankees and the identity of teams like uh, dynasties like uh, the Cowboys. And, and another team, I, I, I can't believe I said dynasty and Cowboys in the same damn breath. But anyway, <laughs> I, I say that to say this. Like, what was the actual identity of the team under Dan Quinn? Was it the right identity to actually – you know, win a championship because we did make it to the Super Bowl. Derek Cole, I'll, I'll bounce this to you. Did this team have the right identity to win a Super Bowl? And and where do we go moving forward with trying to change the identity of this franchise? Well, I think half of the identity when Dan Quinn took over, it was fast and physical. But I think it was just fast. It wasn't physical. And I think that's part of the problem. As you can see right now, when you're getting your whole defense just ran through by a running back, a wide receiver, a tight end, and sometimes a quarterback, that's not fast and physical. Like, I want you to show up with bad intentions, and that's not what's happening with this team. So I'll just say half of it was true, which was fast but it wasn't fast and physical like Dan Quinn promised us. And I think that was part of the problem. Also, I think when Keanu Neal got those fines in the um, in, in the mail, he stopped being physical. He stopped being physical when he got hurt. And I think that was part of the problem too. And Debo, I'm not sure what happened to Debo, but right now a full con is the best linebacker on our squad and that should be Debo, and maybe because Debo is probably playing playing out of position. I think he'll be better suited at the weak side linebacker position instead of the middle linebacker position. So not only do we need to be fast and physical, but we need to be a little bigger, not only up front, but we need to be bigger at the linebacker spot. I, I hear you. I hear you. Rob, so check that. What 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 do you want to see now moving forward? I know right now Raheem Morris is taking over as the uh, interim head coach, and we got eleven more games left. Uh, 
what kind of identity do you want to see from the Falcons? Because, I mean, right now it's, it's nothing to lose. I mean, you're 0-5. Raheem is now the, the interim head coach. What do you want to see? What, what do you want to see these next these next uh, 11 games out of the Falcons right now? I mean, I tell you, with uh, one thing I like about Raheem Morris is he came in, took over as the head coach, and started doing head coach things. Like, they got rid of the special teams coach and, um, you know, he started making some head coach decisions. And I think he understands the position that he's in being an interim coach that he's got, if he wants this to continue, he's got to prove himself. Um, but I think a big part of what's going to happen right now is they're just going to kind of circle the wagons, you know, I mean, they're that identity that we're looking for. I don't know that that's going to reveal itself until, a lot of things, this dust is settled and some things are in place for the long term. Um, I want to, I want to see them kind of rally around each other. Uh, I think, you know, you saw all those players defending Quinn and I get it. He meant a lot to them. Uh, but I, I'd like to see them kind of get past that and, and really start to gather together and, uh, and not to, not to bring up a Quinnism, but to really, form that brotherhood like we gotta do this <laughs> like we gotta we gotta work like we are where we are and you know changes are in motion there's no place to go but up so let's just let's take the passion that we have the love we have for this game and go coach catchphrase if it's one thing i know if dan quinn never coaches again in life he, he'll do well as a motivational speaker i know that <laughs> that's the damn show <laughs> and I but, think uh, I think that's that was part of the problem, Leo. I mean, you know, I coined I ain't gonna say I coined that phrase, but that was one of the phrases that I gave him was coach catchphrase. <laughs> and you know, he always had some can I say euphemism? Can I say that word? He always had yeah. something. He always had something that was just speak instead of action. <laughs> I mean, you can talk all day long. But until you put that metal to the pedal and put it on the football field, all it is is tinkling cymbals and brass. That's all it is. So that's what I want to see from now on from this team is action. I hope Stacey didn't bring some scripture into the podcast today. Yeah, didn't? He, just, he, he, he just said, yeah, he, he want to see some action. I said, <laughs> he bought that action. In there. <laughs> he bought that action, boss, for real. Yeah. He bought that action. So look, so check this. Like, I have no ill will toward Dan Quinn. I mean, it was just time to move on. I mean, he couldn't get it done anymore. And, and and going back to what Banks said, I mean, it just I think we never recovered from the Super Bowl. I mean, we went to the Super Bowl, and we all know what happened with that. And it was just, you know, we came back after the Super Bowl that year, went to the playoffs, couldn't get it done in four downs in Philadelphia, and it just went downhill from there. And then we had a lot of issues with, I guess, the GM and Thomas Dimitrov and trying to get the personnel together and just – it just we just never could get things to materialize after the Super Bowl. I think it was just one of those things. But you know, I wish all the best to both Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. I mean, they they serve well here. I think they were two stand up guys. But you know, it's something that I was talking to Banks about earlier, and I want to kind of talk uh, to everybody about this. And I'm, I'm gonna kick it to Banks first. Um, we've had two co- we well we've had several coaches here with the Atlanta Falcons that have been. Uh, what I call players coaches. And I think we can all agree, you know, starting with, you can go all the way back to Jim Moore Jr. And we talk about Smitty and we talk about Dan Quinn, you know, the last, you know, several coaches that the Falcons had, the last three in particular were what, what we call players coaches. 
the players love these guys. They love Jim Moore, they love Smitty, and they love Dan Quinn. For me, I'm thinking we, we need to go in a different direction. And excuse me if I say this, but I think it's time to, to hire an asshole or a butthole as a coach. <laughs> uh, and, and, and hear me out when I say this. Um, I've been watching football for a long time, and some of the most successful coaches in the NFL have been guys that, that, that haven't really been liked or received very well uh, in the public eye. And they've been, you know, and they don't care. They've been successful. They won championships. I think their players necessarily didn't like them, but they respected them and they respected how they did things. Banks, we talked about this earlier. How do you feel about us moving in that direction and finding the coach? I mean, I want to, I, I do want a player's coach, but at the same time, I need a coach that's actually going to say, you know what, this is how it's going to be. You either get on my page or you can get the hell out. My thing is, how do you screen for a coach that way? I mean, you can – an interview, you know, it's not going to tell you straight up on, yeah, this guy's a dick, you know, excuse my French. But, you know, it's 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 all about how you carry yourself off the field as well, Leo. Um, if you look at Bilicek, you know, he's the same cut and dry – in person, off the field, in press conferences, and, and, and actually coaching. He's just monotone. He doesn't care. He's like, you know, you ask him a question, you don't know if he's happy or mad. That's what he – that's the whole style that he carries, his personality. The whole team plays just like that. Very just to the point, do your job, you win the game. Point blank. And that's how Bilicek is. Look at Sean Payton. Sean Payton is ballsy. No one really likes him. He doesn't care about your feelings. He's up 30. I'm going to put seven more up on you. Saints play just that way. It's all about your makeup of your coach. That's how your team is perceived. Case in point with the Falcons. When Mike Smith was here, I'm sorry, Mike Smith was very passive. The Falcons was passive. Jim Mora, very, very likable. Everyone's brother. The team was undisciplined because they felt like they had a pass with Jim Mora. You know, it's all about your coach makeup. It's how your team is going to rub off on it. It's, and unfortunately, you're right, Leo. We might need so, that, so many, that butthole, so, but so, I mean, so, at the same time, I mean, how do you find that that person, you know? And so, and so in so many words, you are saying that we need – I mean, yeah, and it is to hard, it's kind of hard to find character uh, character traits like that initially when people are trying to get a job. But I think you can see hard-nosed people and you can find uh, no-nonsense people when you – it's all about the approach and how you talk. Because I know several candidates right now that if the Falcons were to interview them, you, you already know just based upon their reputation and how they ran their organizations in the past – that they're going to be straight line and hard nose. Derrick, I know you're ready to jump on this one, man. So what, how, what do you think or how do you feel that the coaching approach should be for, for the next coach? I mean, I agree with everything that was just said about you got to have somebody that's different right now. Like Banks was saying, you had Jim Moore, who or he was just like, hey, whatever. You had Mike Smith, who was a happy-go-lucky guy. You had Coach Catchphrase, who was the player's coach. You know what I'm saying? But he said it only stops with the coaching. But I say it's bigger than that. It actually starts at the top. Arthur Blank is part of the problem, too, because that whole Falcon for life, that's one thing that I hope he has erased from his 
speech when he talked about the situation with the firing of Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitro when they asked the question about the quarterback. He didn't say, I want my quarterback, Matt Ryan, to be a Falcon for life. No, what he said was, hey, apparently I don't learn from my mistakes, so I'm going to lead that up to the next GM and the next coach. So with that being said, it starts at the top. So Arthur Blank has coddled his players, made them feel like his sons, and that's been part of the problem. He done made it too comfortable. And I think right now he needs to make it real uncomfortable for people to understand that we had to win football games. I'm not here to just, just draft and sign choir boys, and I think that's been part of the problem. That whole Falcon filter BS after the whole 2006-7 debacle. So he wanted to stay in that mindset where he wanted a franchise that looked good not only in the media but with corporate America where he finds a lot of his money. So once that's gone, you want some football players. You tried the whole drafting captains. That didn't work. We have no leadership on this team whatsoever. There's nobody on this team that you can look at and say that's the leader of this football team. There's not a Ray Lewis on this team. There's not a uh, – there's not – nobody there's like not that. A, a, you know what I'm saying? Leader. Exactly. Somebody where somebody – right, where, where you can go to that dude and say, hey, what's going on with your football team? And you can be absolutely straight up about saying what you're going to say and don't fear any repercussions about it. I agree with you. So, Rob, I, Derek, I just made a point. We're going to move into into that topic in just a second. But, Rob, I, I, do you want to you know chime in on, on the, the new coach and the identity and what he needs to have coming in? With, I mean, you know, like we were talking about with uh, leadership, it's got to be somebody that is that is win first, that will uh, that has high expectations. Like this is the bar; you got to meet these standards. If you don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, I know you you're a fan favorite. I know that uh, you know you're making all kinds of money. You've been here for a little while, and you've been starting blah blah blah. If you don't meet the standard. We got to move on to somebody else, and like like uh, Derrico was saying, and the same thing you know is missing in Atlanta United right now with Joseph Martinez being out. Like he was a guy that if you weren't if you weren't doing what you're supposed to do on the field, he was in your ass. And I don't see the Falcons have somebody like that. There's no like you talk. Ray Lewis is a great example. If you weren't pulling your weight on the field, you were going to hear it from Ray Lewis probably more than you would have heard it from your coach. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you know, the, the, the I, Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis, those two names come to mind. And I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, and then you do have players that lead by example. I, I will say that much. You have players that go out. They might not necessarily be vocal, but they they're going to go out and they're going to hit some people in the mouth. They're going to set the tone and show you like, hey, I'm going to lead by example. They might not be as vocal as the Ray Lewis's of the world, but they're going to lead by example. No, like and like Derrick, I agree. I totally agree with you. Nobody has has. I mean, you could say to a certain extent, Grady Jarrett, maybe because his performance is probably the most consistent out of everybody. I mean, Julio's been hurt. I mean, Julio has performed when he's healthy, but he's he's been hurt as of lately. You know, Matt is a guy that, you know, in my book, he's a leader, but there's still some 
some things about him, and we'll talk about that here in just a second, that, that I just can't wrap my head around. So moving forward, that's one of the things I want to talk about tonight. And this, this is about to get a little touchy. It's going to get a little crazy here. We're going to talk about a subject that a lot of people we, we talk about here in Atlanta. I don't know nationally what the consensus is on Matt Ryan, but we're going to talk about how he's how people feel about him here in Atlanta. We're going to talk about it right now. I'm going to bring it to the table. Matt Ryan has been the quarterback here for the last, what, 12 years, 13 years, 35 years old. Um, he came in, of course, right after the, the Michael Vick era. And I think I, I need a whole podcast to kind of talk about that. But I just want to talk about Matt Ryan right now as a player and what he's done for this organization. In my opinion, I'm going to say this, fellas. I don't know how you guys feel. And it's not really saying much, I guess, but this is the best quarterback this franchise has ever had. In this 50-plus year history of the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan is the best quarterback that the Atlanta Falcons have ever had. But I say that to say this. This man really does not get respect from a large portion of our fan base for whatever reason. I mean, this man has been to the Super Bowl. He set a lot of records here. He's done – he's been the, the first, I think, and I think he's the first – uh, league MVP that the Falcons have ever had, but he still does not get any respect from a large portion of our fan base. They wanted him gone basically the day he was drafted. I don't really understand it. I know football. I'm a football guy. I understand football. I know how these things work. I know what I get with Matt Ryan. We all know what we get with Matt Ryan, and he's a very serviceable quarterback, but he gets – I'm going to say it, He gets trashed and disrespected on social media about you know just whatever i mean he he whatever he he could go out and throw you know he could go 18 to 18 for 350 yards and five touchdowns and somebody is still well he didn't rush for a touchdown he can't you know he can't is you know he can't do enough so i'm gonna go to banks first i know you've heard this and you we've had these conversations about matt ryan how do you feel about matt ryan at this point (laughs) are you ready for me to dig in this in this pot i'm gonna go ahead and oh, yeah, apologize gonna, um rob make, make it make, no 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 make it uncomfortable i'm about make to it make uncomfortable. this i'm about to get really real real candid here rob i apologize stacy i apologize but when when matt ryan first got here in atlanta when he replaced michael vick he was already ridiculed from the, the the time he put on that jersey and it's only because of the african-american fan base okay <laughs> let me tell you why a lot of the people that came in to watch the falcons when michael vick came in in 2002 2001 that's their first time watching the falcons football game now they were raised they watch Vic all their lives. That's all they know is Michael Vick. They don't know anything about Chris Chandler. They don't know anything about Chris Miller. They don't know any past quarterbacks, Jeff George, none of them. They know Michael Vick. So when Matt Ryan came in, the, the, the saving face, the boring quarterback, the boring white quarterback, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. The whole atmosphere out the Georgia Dome changed. I mean, you guys, you, you guys know it. You went to the dome when Michael Vick was playing. It was like a club. It was. It was. It was just. It was a club. It was a club scene. You had women walking around in high heels. Like why? It's a football game. It's a football game. And, it, it, and the music. The, the music that was played in the stadium. What? There's nothing wrong with it. But it just changed. 
as soon as Mike when Matt Ryan came in, it was a whole 180. And then I think it rubbed a lot of people wrong. And, and no one could really get on board with that. So the little thing that Matt Ryan doesn't do, run, throw the deep ball, they're going to crucify him for it. And that's why he got ridiculed every since. And it's not fair to him. It's not fair to him. Only thing he was asked to do was save his franchise. And I think he did a good job with it. The first quarterback who got a back-to-back winning season for the Atlanta Falcons, by the way. I mean, yeah, that's all he did. Took the team to, to what? Two uh, NFC championships. Won one of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Appreciate Absolutely. that. And, and, and Banks, to kind of piggyback on what you just said, man, yeah. And, and that's another podcast that I guess we're going to dig into and talk about the whole Michael Vick era and the fan base of the Atlanta Falcons because it's a unique fan base. I think we can say that much about it. And, Rob, I know you've kind of followed the Falcons here and there. Um, you've been living here in Atlanta for a minute, so you can kind of actually see from both sides how this conversation is going. Um, from your takes on Matt Ryan, I just – I mean – I want you to tell me how do you feel about Matt Ryan, I guess, as a quarterback. And do you feel like he's a serviceable serviceable quarterback and he's done done well for this franchise, man? I mean, I think there's no there's no question. I think a lot of what Banks is saying is true. Like <clears throat> it was almost an impossible situation. If you look at Ryan's stats, I mean he's thrown for over four thousand yards every year since two thousand eleven. And I don't know that there's that many quarterbacks that have done that. Um yeah, I mean, he's had some great receivers, but I think, like you said, like he's come out and he's done what's been asked of him. There's still been some pain, and sometimes it's hard to watch because the result doesn't show up in the in the wins column as much as we'd like. But I mean, he's a he's a good QB. He's I mean, he's I mean, done it. He's done everything you've asked of a QB to do. And, and I'm gonna say this, and I'm I'm, I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get to you, Derek Owen, in just a second. But I'm gonna say this much. I mean, you look at the great quarterbacks in this league right now, as of right now. I mean, you know, arguably everybody, you know, he, you know, TB12 is down in Tampa now. Everybody still, you know, he got six rings. You talk about, you know, I like to call him the check down shot at Drew Brees over there with the Aints. You know, they call him a great quarterback, but we, we've seen him roll off some pissy games and have some, some real bad times. And But we know what we get out of all these quarterbacks. Yeah, they still – one of the common denominators with some of the elite quarterbacks in this league is they have a ring. They have a ring, and that ring will get them a pass for their entire career. But like I said, with Matt Ryan, we know what we have. We know what he can do. In my opinion, being somebody that understands football, you play. You always play to your player strengths. You know what Matt Ryan is. You know what he brings to you. Any coach worth their salt will say, hey, you know what? This guy – it's pretty good. Let's play to his strengths. Let's make sure we can put him in the right position to win. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a Matt Ryan apologist. I'm not. He has stunk it up, and he has cost us some games. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say he, he's the pro, he's the, the biggest issue that this, this franchise has. That being said, Derek, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to kick the ball to your court here now. I want you to tell me how you feel about Matt Ryan and how he's been since he's been the, the QB for the Falcons. I don't have a problem with Matt Ryan as a as a player. I mean, Matt Ryan, like Banks and alluded to, you know what I'm saying? Hey, he came in, he had a he had some big shoes to fill, period. We understand that. But thirteen years in and 
the only problem I have is that there is some times where you have just basically pissed the bed. Like the NFC Championship game against Green Bay in the ice storm. I'll never forget that pick six before the end of the half. The game against San Francisco, fumble. Those are the things that we be talking about when we talk about, well, I'm going to say me. When I talk about Matt Ryan, I don't need Matt Ryan to be the 4,000-yard passer during the regular season. I need Matt Ryan to be that same quarterback during the regular season in the playoffs. That's the difference between being elite and being good and being great. I need not him. To cut you off. You not could, to cut you off. I'm just saying. I, I, I get what you're saying. Let me let me ask you this. Though. I want to bring something else to you, and I want to ask you this. All right. We we talk about elite quarterbacks, right? We talk about and I and, and and correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody can interrupt me and say, "Oh, Leo, you wrong." But I, we we talk about Tom Brady. I think is is in that elite category, if I'm not mistaken. Aaron Rodgers is in that elite category, if I'm not mistaken. Drew Brees is in that elite category. Okay, you talk about those guys. They're they're clutch for the most part. Another guy I want to bring up in, in that elite, and I'm 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 saying this right now. Russell Wilson is in that elite category. I can go ahead and put him in that elite category. But here's the thing. I feel as though we have put a lot, and I get what you're saying, Derek, but I think we have put a lot on Matt Ryan. I'm going to give you one example. We talk about some of the elite quarterbacks and what they've done and they've accomplished. Football is the ultimate team sport. Matt Ryan has never had a complete team around him. Hear me out. I think since Matt Ryan has been in the league, if somebody can look at this for me, he's never had a top five defense since he's been in this league. To put everything on him to make him go out there and say, okay, hey, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to outscore everybody, I'm going to do this, that, and the third. When some of those other elite quarterbacks have had top five defenses, top ten defenses in order to say, hey, okay, give me the ball back so I can make that happen, we've always kind of put that on Matt Ryan's back. Do you do you feel that way, Derek? Though no, I, I actually don't feel that way. I mean, you just said that you wasn't a Matt Ryan apologist, but it just seemed like you was being a Matt Ryan apologist. I mean, it just seemed like the whole situation got to be perfect for Matt Ryan. If you want to talk about the defense, you got to go back to the GM. That's the GM's fault for not putting the defense that he needs to be out there. Why are you gonna draft Julio Jones and give up five draft picks? Why are you gonna draft? Calvin Ridley, when you had defensive needs? Why are you going to draft Vic Beasley when you know you had real defensive end issues? Why are you going to draft Tack McKinley, McKinley when you know you had real defensive issues? So you can't say that it's just the fact that it ain't Matt Ryan's fault, but you got to put that on the GM. You knew you had defensive issues, so you got to go back to the fact that, once again, I'm going to go back to Bill Parcells. You can't tell me that you want me to be a good coach and you don't let me buy the groceries. You know what well, I'm saying? That's, that, that's the reason why he's not here, Stacy. That's the oh, reason I know why that. he's not here. Oh, I know that. The but, thing but, is, what I can say is about Thomas Dimitrov, you can you can go past that. When the last time Matt Ryan had a decent offensive line? We ain't, we ain't figured that out yet. We ain't figured that out. That's that's prior to uh, Dimitrov. I was about to say that, Banks. We ain't figured that out since 
the first quarterback that's been here with Chris Chandler. We ain't figured that out with Barkowski. We ain't figured that out <laughs> since we've been here. I mean, so we just can't say that that's a systemic issue with just one quarterback. So we just can't say that the offensive line is an issue with one quarterback. The thing I know about elite quarterbacks, elite players that are professionals, that you make everybody around you better. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. The offense sucked last year. But you telling me that they're three and one or four and one now because of what? They look at Tom Brady. I'm just saying three and one or three and two, one of them. But you tell me that you don't see a difference in that football team just for the simple fact that Tom Brady owned it. He elevated everybody's play. You can't tell me that that's what happened with our franchise quarterback. He doesn't elevate everybody's play. And that's the problem that I have with Matt Ryan. That's the only problem that I have with Matt Ryan, that he don't elevate the players' play. You said when Mike Vick was playing, Banks, right, that there was a different level of participation, not only from the fan base, but from the players. You can never say that when he was playing that there was not a time that you felt like we couldn't win the game. Am yes, I lying? I yes, I I'm could. Just, I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm, yes, just, I'm just saying. I'm going to say I could, too. I, yes, I could. <laughs> but, I'm just saying, but I'm just saying, I'm not – I want to be clear right here. I'm not distinguishing Mike Vick and Matt Ryan. I love both of my quarterbacks. I just need more out of my franchise quarterback, period. Well, I think it's kind of safe to say that we all know, sitting here talking, that Matt Ryan's not elite. Okay, that's that's kind of a thing that you're trying to say is that he's not elite. That's kind of his fault. It's not too many elite, like Leo said. It's like, what, five or six elite quarterbacks in the league. That's what, 26 other teams that don't have an elite quarterback. So what we're saying what we have here is we just got to work with it. Now, no, Matt Ryan is not perfect. As a matter of fact, he has shit to bed a lot, more than a lot. So I, I'm not going to say he's, his, his stuff don't stink. But at the same time, when you keep saying what elite quarterback do, you can't. It's kind of unfair to Matt because Matt's not elite. You can't expect Matt to make people better. That's not what he do. He is a game manager. Okay, that's what he do. He he gets the ball. He moves the ball. That's it. Again, that's all he do. So I mean, it's for him to to for you to keep saying, I have a problem for him not doing this, doing this, doing this. Then you're not going to get that. You're not going to ever get think, that. And I think. And well, hold up, Banks. And I think I did preference that, Derek. I did preference, and I, when I said we know what we get out of Matt Ryan, that's what I meant. And Banks, thank you for 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 kind of reiterating that. We know what Matt Ryan is, and I say that to say that you can win with a quarterback like Matt Ryan. I mean, come on, man. We see in the history of the, I give you a recent example. Peyton Manning was an elite quarterback. Okay, Peyton Manning was seriously injured, had neck surgery, came back and won a Super Bowl throwing ducks to people because they they put him out there and they were able to kind of play to his strength. And on top of that, he had a, a decent defense. And you know, I say I say that to say that, you know, if you can Don't ever, defense, don't ever, don't ever put Peyton Manning and Matt Ryan in the same sentence. That's not gonna work. The the can well the can I, I said that to make the point of 
putting people in the situations that they need to be in to be successful. Okay. I don't need everybody. Like Banks said, everybody's not going to have an elite quarterback. Can people be successful and win championships without an elite quarterback? Absolutely. We've seen it done. We've seen it done. We saw Matt Ryan become an MVP and make it to a Super Bowl. Why? Because they put him in, and Kyle Shanahan put him in the position to. to, That's all I'm saying. Before Kyle Shanahan got here, the best the best season that or the best seasons that Matt Ryan had was when we had Michael Turner. You know why? Because Michael Turner was taking the load off of Matt Ryan. Again, we're still going back to coaching. It ain't just Matt Ryan. See, y'all missing my point. It's all about, like you said, Leo, the position that we put him in. Everybody know, mostly in the league, that he's not that dude that's going to carry the team. So you got to put him in the best position. That's why you can have a strong running game to help him out. And that's that's my point. You go back to when Michael Turner was running that rock. When Warwick Dunn was running that rock. We were winning more than not. Now, here's the second thing I got to say about records. When we're going to talk about stats. And this is the only problem that I'm really going to have is... You have beat the Saints nine times and lost 13 times. That's a problem. I got a problem with you putting the S in front of that. That's what I got a problem with. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, because he got because he get, because he done lost 13 more than nine. So I gotta say the Saints. <laughs> but it, but but you hear what I'm saying though. Like like right now, we're 0 and 5. If we go 2 and 14. And beat the Aints twice, I think that's a that's win for this season because that's of, a good, that's of a good the season. BS that we don't went through. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't don't I don't want y'all to take me wrong. I'm not bashing the dude. I just want him to be able to be better than than what he is right now. And we know that he's declining. So look, so look, we coming. I know we we I knew we were gonna get into this. I knew we were gonna get into this with this conversation, and we're gonna have to come back and revisit this because we're up against the time uh this is this is this is i knew this was gonna get heated uh rob rob was sitting here like yeah man i'm just i'm just waiting i'll have one thing to say about it go ahead speak your piece brother so my question i get what y'all saying when i look at when i watch matt ryan i do not feel like he's an elite quarterback i don't get that feeling but just looking at uh that's just some statistics I did not realize that. So Matt Ryan has been in the league three years less than Aaron Rodgers, but has 5,000 more passing yards. So of all QBs that have ever played the game, the uh, career passing yards, Matt Ryan is at number nine. Behind, there's only four guys that are still playing that are on that list that are ahead of him. Brett ben, uh, Roethlisberger's at seven. Rivers is at six. Brady's at two. And Breeze is at one. <clears throat> so, and if you look at uh, career passing touchdowns, I think Matt Ryan's number 11 all time. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Right? Compared to, if you look at every QB that's ever played the game and he's – Number 11 in all-time passing touchdowns and number nine. Like, he's above John Elway. He's above Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
I mean, there's a lot of names on here. Joe Montana, Joe Flacco, Johnny Unitas, like all these folks that he's surpassed. It's weird to see that stat because when I see that stat, when I go to watch him play, I want to see his play reflect these stats. And it's just hard. It's like they don't match. So look, you so know look, why? I'm a, I'm, hold on, Leo. Hold on, hold on. I was just gonna say, you know why you don't see it? Because number one, number one, the Falcons always playing for behind. That's the number one thing. He's always mm-hmm. trying to catch up. Now, when your team is down, not, not, three, not, not banks, not, not to cut oh. you up. Not as of, as of recently, they've been getting ahead and they can't <laughs> well, keep damn well, well, that's, well, but, but more times than not, they've been playing for behind. And guess what? When you're down two touchdowns, you're not running the ball anymore. We got a we got an offensive coordinator who don't believe in running the ball. Hmm. So yeah, he's going to pass the ball. What was the stat that I saw that he's uh, hit within the last six seven seasons? He has thrown the ball like eighty percent of the time. That's like that's unheard of. How do you throw the ball eighty percent of the time? Like we. Are a throwing team like that's that I just never thought in a million years the Falcons would just be this pass happy team, you so know. So look, so look, Banks, Banks, look, I, 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 I don't, I, I know we keep going on this, and we're gonna come back and do a part two to this because it, it's still another issue that we need to talk about about this city and this fan base and another quarterback that was here. We will talk some more about Matt about Matt Ryan uh, in in another episode here. But I got to get out of here, guys. This, I knew this was going to get to be a heated conversation about this, and this is something that we need to talk about moving forward because we don't know where Matt Ryan is going to be here within the next couple. Well, we do. We'll talk about it on the next episode. So I want to get out of here. I want to give all you guys a shout-out for helping me out on the show, man. Banks, uh, Rob, uh, Derrico, I appreciate you guys, you know, coming on the show to talk about this, and we'll do a part two. So, look, I want to let everybody know where they can catch the show. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, contact the show and, and get up with us. Follow, follow us on Twitter, the Leo G Show, the number one. Uh, you can also catch me uh, on my personal Twitter, Southern Set. That's with two T's. I also got a Facebook page. Look up the Leo G Show on Facebook. And you can always find us there if you want to be, if you want to get in on the conversation, if you just want to, you know, uh, hit, hit me up and, and tell me, you know, how great of a job I'm doing. I'm always welcome and, and accepting of that. If you so don't great. like the show, you can always hit. <laughs> so if you vain. don't like the show, you can always hit up adjective underscore J. Let him know <laughs> that you don't like the show, and tell him that he needs to to to, to do whatever. I don't know. And also, uh, shout out to, to to Jay. He's he's doing some other things. You can check him out on Frown Town. He's over there. Y'all can check him out. He has a, a podcast that he's doing over there. You can also see what's up with him on jjonescomedy.com. I think he has a couple of live stream comedy shows that he's going to be doing pretty soon. Really, really funny. You guys need to check them out. So I'm going to give uh, each one of you guys a, a, a little bit just to, to promote yourselves. Rob, uh, tell everybody where they can where they can hit you up at. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook, just you know, Rob Bridges. Um, and then if you want to find me on Instagram, you can check out my uh, my DJ Instagram, DJ B Riz, that's B-R-I-Z-Z. Um, or check me out at Crown and Skull on Instagram as well. And uh, hit me up, and I'll get back to you. That's what's up, Derrico. You can find me on Instagram at Derrico underscore Virgo, 
And you can find me on the Twitter at VSU96SDD. You won't find me on Facebook because it's just like that. <laughs> yeah, so, so if you want to give some smoke to uh, to Derrico, y'all, y'all know what to get, how to get him, get him on Twitter. Banks, what's up, brother? You can find me on Twitter and the gram at BabyBanks80 and Facebook at Antoine Jarrell Banks. Why did that sound like a damn, like uh He got that voice words. for radio. He was yeah. Hey, I'm trying to find out if, if they just saw the video of him talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He had, yeah, that, was, that was funny. We need to put that clip up, man. We're going to start doing some, uh, some, some, uh, some vlogging. We're going to start putting the videos up, man. But, like, once again, man, it's been a pleasure. We're going to def- – can I get all you guys to come back so we can do this part two of it? We might have to do a part three of this as well. Because there's some other things we just need to talk about with – Yes, please. I got something off my chest. Please. Please. (laughs) And and, and it's another thing I want to talk about, too, just the whole psychology now of just being a fan of Atlanta teams. That's a whole topic that we can discuss, and I think a lot of people that don't actually um, live here in the city, they're not aware of. But we'll get back to it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of the Leo G Show. We'll get right back to you. I appreciate it. We're going to be out.